Welcome everybody. You're listening to Day Trader College, and we're going to be talking about trading. Uh, this is our second podcast in the series. On you'll be able to get a lot more advanced information, but we want you in there. Uh, later on, you'll be able to get a lot more advanced information, but we want you to start out with the basics. Start at the beginning, have a good, strong foundation. Give you a little bit of homework, uh, which is for your benefit. Last week, uh, we gave you a little bit of homework, uh, which is for your benefit, which is just to observe risk reward that you do estimates of that all the time. You know, we hope you did that because something doubt, and uh, you know, we hope you did that because some of the homework we give you builds on later. It's more about your awareness and slap you on the hand and. If you didn't do it, this is for you. Under your house and you know, slap you on the hand. And if you didn't do it, this is for you. So, um, but what we're trying to educate you is to understand, uh, and uh, we're just going to teach you how to be a little bit better at that already. And uh, we're just going to teach you how to be a little bit better at that. And um, I guess what we're going to do, and there are different kinds, and the differences between feeders. And there are different kinds, and the differences between fundamental investing and technical trading will give you some aid and how you can learn from them as well. Uh, mistakes they made and how you can learn from them as well. And for those of you on the webinar, I'm going to give you an opportunity here in the explanation of no, um, but in the explanation of what we do, a big part of it is the. Um, emotional aspects and there's a lot of great books on this by tr traders that have been successful and it's a key component yeah it's the emotional part of trading is what causes people to lose fortunes yeah because the technical side is if you've got good technical on what to do and when to do it it's the uh, you know staying in too long the greed the fear the uh, um, trying to push the market there's just you know well isn't hasn't everybody who's been successful trading said the same thing, which is, why were you successful, sir? I was successful because I got out too soon. Mm -hmm. It's one of the yeah, that's one of those things, and you think, well, that sounds dumb, at first. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about another kind of thing a little later about which seems dumb, and you go, well, how's that possible? So we're going to give a little bit of a historical perspective on a few things. So we're going to start out today with uh, uh, game theory. Uh, there's a lot of people that have written simulators and uh, for war, uh, for uh, products, for tracking, well, how will people move on buses, and there's a lot of stuff that computers have been used for, and generally it's all called simulation or game theory. Now, the point of it is, is that stock market, day trading, foreign exchange, known as Forex, commodities, lots of things have a behavior to them. And there's been a lot of simulations on that. And uh, generally, we'll for today, call it a game. And uh, the, the key item is you want to know the nature of the game you're playing. You want to know the rules of the game. Yeah. How successful would you be if you had your baseball equipment and you showed up to a football game. Yeah, not very. It's like, who's the dude with the bat? Yeah. <laughs> Although they might stay far away from me as I'm running down the field with the ball. That's true. It's like, uh, no. That sounds like a great game, actually. A new, new gladiator. Yeah. It'd be entertaining. Uh, a little brutal. 
Um, so in, so what we want to do is we want to learn the nature of the game. Nature of the game. And probably uh, most people have no clue. That's true. Uh, we just assume certain things. And so this is where we, in these beginning steps we want to you know, rub out some of the assumptions and, and get right to the core of a few things. So um, there was that movie where a guy says that never bring a, a knife to a gunfight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, reminds me of uh, Crocodile Dundee's famous line when he's yes. in New York. The guy pulls a knife on him and he says, what's that? The knife. That's not a knife, but... This is the night he pulls his massive knife over. Absolutely. So he was better prepared <laughs> in his knife fight. That's right. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about fundamental analysis and technical. Fundamental analysis is generally used for looking at the uh, price-earnings ratio and a number of other things to measure the health of the company. News, so for example, if they if an investor feels that it has a, a future, the company, then the company should be worth more because it's going to produce more sales, which should lead to more income, which should lead to more dividends. And so like any money machine, if I put in $1 and it's giving me more cents out, then that machine is worth more. So I wouldn't change bank accounts if the bank down the street had a higher rate of return on my bank account. Mm-hmm. So, like that, most people, when they're doing investing, they look at the income and say, well, how many, how much do I get in dividends is, is a classic. Right. So, what are the opportunities for growth? Right. So, if, if they're not seeing all that, then they will drop the stock. So, that's where the fundamentals, meaning just the basics, the foundation of the company comes in. Is, well, is it, does this thing really have a future? Buggy Whips is really not that popular. So. Right. You're not going to have a billion dollars invested in that. Mainframe computers, not so much anymore. No. So IBM had to change gears to stay alive or they'd be dead. And there's a few companies, like you say, you know, that are dead because they didn't move along. Right. So. Now, when we're doing day trading, are we going to be spending much time on these? No. But there's a point to that is is that um, in this time frame that we're looking at, we're looking at... Uh, what's happening in the, in the scale of minutes or hours. And the fundamental analysis is looking for a long-term future. Right. How is this company going to be in weeks or months or years from now? And But again, it's an opinion. Now, there's uh, Warren Buffett and Benjamin Graham both studied under the same master, and they're both very successful. Benjamin Graham, he basically created value investing, which, of course, a lot of mutual funds follow, and we're not going to talk too much about that. You can Google a lot of that information. If but you need it. If you need it. And there is a reason why you would want that, but for our context for today, it doesn't matter. But my point is is that Benjamin Graham, he uh, gave a quote. One of them was, the market is a voting machine in the short term, but a weighing machine in the long run. A weighing machine? Weighing. And that's so weighing the pros and cons? What the true value. Is, does this company really produce money? Now, when they say they're going to come up with a product or this or that, whatever the news is, or their earnings are up or down, people are making an opinion about what the future is. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, and going back to the bank account, I, think. Yeah, I, I'm going to have a better rate of return over here. Now, of course, 
it's multiplied. And this is why people switch horses is because if that company is going to produce more money, then you should get three or four or five or ten times more dollars in the shares that you're holding. And, of course, this makes a difference to us as day traders as well, because if the share value goes up or down, that's where we make or lose our money. So we are interested in that, but it's a distraction on a day trader's level. And how this ties in is is that, well... well because most people are not going to go bankrupt or their business is not going to fold in the three hours we're in the market. No. You know, the chances are that's not... It's not going to happen. Okay. But quite often people uh, invest in a, as a day trader with the news in mind. And it's not that that's a bad idea. There's a place for that. And we're going to talk about that much later in the series. But what I want to say about it now is... Uh, Many years ago, and this is a timeless fact, really useful, because I've seen this many times. It was Palm. Yeah, many years ago, they had better than earnings, uh, like they released their, the news that day. So if, imagine you're a day trader. You're sitting here and you're thinking, okay, great. Uh, the news is that Palm had uh, better earnings than, than was expected. They had better profits. They had better. Uh, uh, better all kinds of stuff. They had a new product that they hadn't released, and they, they announced all of that in their news. And you'd think, wow, the stock's just going to shoot up, and what a great thing I have. Right. But that's not what happened, and this has happened many times, is the stock ran down. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So what we think sometimes doesn't actually fit with the reality of what really happens. So what you're saying is good news doesn't always mean higher prices. No, exactly. And one of those reasons may be because the market has already factored in there could be this new product. We've heard rumors of a new product. We've heard rumors of this, rumors of that. Obviously, uh, they might not have heard rumors of beating the, I don't know if they would not, beating the... They may have. There may have been some inside information that got traded and whatever. And so the point is, is that if we're trying to predict and... Uh, um, so you're basically talking about take the news and guessing if it's going to impact them. We think it should go up, but it doesn't right. mean it will. No. So now we're guessing as to which way the market's going to go based on that news. Right. And so the predicting, pre means to be ahead and dict is to speak with authority. So if you're trying to speak with authority ahead of when something happens... It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. And, and the point is, is you're more likely to get run over by the herd of elephants than you are to make money, in, in, a, in a, you know, figuratively speaking. So you just explained the risk of following the news. Yes, or uh, being ahead of the news, thinking, aha, this means this. So no. you say, okay, we've got this palm thing. It's gonna, something's gonna happen because they're making all these announcements. Yes. We watch it. We wait till we see the trend. Yes. And jump into the trend, not assuming that the trend is going to be up. Or down. Or down. Yeah. We have a 50-50 chance of being right every time. That's right. Which is not a good idea. Which, yeah, it can be very painful. Particularly if you waited 10 minutes and then saw it starting to drop and saw the technical indicators saying, yeah, it's going this way or going up, mm -hmm. and then follow that. Yeah, so being wrong is expensive, and guessing is a good, good way to be wrong. wrong. Right. So you, not, yeah, I should write that down. I think that's important. Guessing is a good way to be wrong because it's not a 50-50 on the guess. I've noticed when I guess, I'm about 95% wrong and 5% right. 
because I think my mind and my emotions are all working against what is actually there. And it, that could actually be a whole cultural thing of what you got raised with and all that. And so the point is there's a lot of us like that that guess the wrong way. And there's reasons deep in the root of our brain, and we're not going to get into your deep roots of your brain. But we're, avoid guessing. Yeah, avoid so guessing. a lot of pain. But if you, if you like, what we are going to do, and this is where the poll is uh, for those on the webinar. We don't know how to do a poll. Well, they can type. Right. <laughs> is, um, type in the question. Here's the, here's, the, here's the question, and just type a yes or a no if you want to hear about it. Uh, if you'd like to talk about how to solve road rage uh, for everybody on the planet, uh, we can talk about that. And is that relevant? To it is relevant. Okay. And right. I, because it's, it's a, an emotion-based thing. And so if we have time, we'll talk about that at the end if people want to. Okay, so you want to know how to solve road rage? Type in yes right now. And that's right. And that's how it relates to uh, day trading because we don't really care about the road rage for this context. Right. Okay, well, back to fundamentals uh, versus technical. So we got, a, we got a few yeses. All right, cool. So uh, fundamental, uh, you know, like with uh, Benjamin Graham, it's the long-term view. For day trading, it can throw you off. Right, because in day trading, we want to get in and out as fast as we can. Right, but can be very cool for us, and it can be a good moneymaker if we start to see it going a particular way. Now we know we probably have a stampede. We love those things. If there's a stampede on the stock up or down, we can make a lot of money. Right. So we're not going to talk about the news in, in the old context, but in the future ones we'll talk more about what it means when news happens. We're going to follow the herd and pick up you know, some, some stuff that way. Okay, so um, we talked a little bit about game theory, and we talked a little bit about news, but what we're going to do now is go into game theory, and what we want to do is we want to, have the right model of game. So whether we're playing bingo or chess, mm -hmm. poker. Right. And so the one I'd like you to think of for today, just for today, is tug of war, because I believe everybody's played that game. Yeah. One piece of rope, two groups, got to pull the other group over a line, and you win. Right. So if we say that that line is the price, okay. and obviously in tug of war you don't get an up and a down, but wherever that price is, left or right, forward, backwards, anyways, think of that line of, in the middle on the rope uh, the is the price. So you got, bear, you got bears on one side and bulls, bulls on, on the other back. side. That's right. And they're pulling. Right. So what commonly happens is in the market, you'll have a lot of people pulling on one side. And it's because they want to buy the stock or they want to sell the stock. And so getting back to that story of Palm, there was a lot of investors that bought, and this is a normal behavior, bought Palm long ago because they saw a future in it. Now, these people are the expert investors. They looked at the long term and they said, yeah, this thing's got a future and blah, blah, blah. And they went ahead and, and bought it. But then the long term doesn't last forever. That's right. And so when the day came that the news broke about, you know, good reports and all that. These people were lined up to sell. That's why. Because they didn't think long-term it was such a good deal. Yeah, they said, now it's time to take profit. These are the experts. And there's a uh, saying that's an old one, 
It says buy on speculation and sell on news. That's, oh. that's because the novice investors, they show they, up. They would hear that and they'd say, well, great, we'll buy it. If this thing's going to be awesome. So they buy it, they all get in, mm -hmm. nothing happens because the majority of the long-term investors are gone. Yeah. Then they decide, well, I better get out because it hasn't moved much in the last week. And the price drops, drops, drops. Yeah, there's no buyers there. And so what actually happened in the case of, of Palm um, is that there was way more sellers than there were buyers. And so the, the experts, I'll call them pros in this sense, uh, they... They wanted to get out of their position with the most money possible. And so there weren't enough buyers. They were over eager. They were overselling. And so then the other ones go, well, I better unload this now. And so all of a sudden there's the panic emotion going on of, I better dump this thing. And so the stock went down and down. And it did, you know, eventually recover and all that. But the point is, is that for that day, on the great news, it was a good day to sell the stock or to buy a put in, in the terms of uh, options trading. Right. Huh. So the uh, rope analogy, if nobody's pulling on the rope, does the price move? If there's no one on either side pulling, it right. doesn't move. doesn't move. Now imagine that you were really interested in this tug of war, but you were having your coffee break. You, know, you weren't watching. And there's like a little bit of a pull happening. And then all of a sudden, you know, it just moves and it's moving and it's moving. What ends up happening is, is somebody on the other team says, wow. And they get involved and then they can actually pull the thing back sharply because it's like, well, let's pick up this rope and pull hard because it's going to the wrong side. So in the market, sometimes you'll see a stock or a, 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 the overall market drift in a direction with low volume and it just seems to meander. Those are dangerous times if you're in the position and you're not ready with a, a, a quick finger. So you can make money, of course, but the point is, is for what we're doing is we want something that's repeatable, like the behaviors of things that are very repeatable. So the kind of thing I'm looking for when I'm day trading is I want the volume to be there. Then I know there's a lot of people involved and if this thing really is going one way or another, it's going that way just because everybody's in and there's just a lot more weight. On one side or on, the other. Right. So it's not like a, you know, a risky thing or a gambly or, you know, mm, don't know. Right. There's some force behind it. And the force is this, you know, 8,000 pound elephant that's sitting on one side pulling hard. So unless you've got millions of dollars and you can influence the stock market, you're just another voice. And what you're doing is you want to be riding along. So uh, some people have the wrong game in mind when they're investing. They think that they're confronting a herd and they can attack it or that they can control the market with their thought. And I know that we've been told I'm that... I'm trying to do that. <laughs> go up, go up, please. Just another 50 cents, go up. We've all done yeah. that when we've been in the beginning and, and bad positions. Never works. Doesn't work. And so everybody uh, gets lessons, and it's just a question of how much pain you need before you learn the lesson. Right. How many times have you whipped by doing the same thing over and over again, getting the result I don't want? Yes. And we'd like to encourage you to not get whipped, but this is just what happens. You know, I'm a bit slow sometimes to learn a lesson. 
And I'm getting faster at these things. Um, anyways, you uh, have some experiences you wanted to share, Scott, about getting whipped, or should we just move we on? Should, no. <laughs> that's a different kind no, of podcast. Yeah, that's a different kind of podcast. And I have uh, no experience in this. <laughs> Either it's not my kind of life. Um, so I guess what we'll do is we've talked a little bit about uh, technical and a little bit about fundamental. We're going to talk about technical indicators, which ones and why. But what I'd like to do is, is get to the uh, road rage uh, point um, because this ties into the emotional aspects quite strongly. The, the, the key item is, is that uh, human beings are following a design. And, you know, God, the factory, however you like to think of that, there's a mechanical explanation for almost everything. And, uh, which, which requires a design. Which requires a design. And your DNA inside your body knows the blueprint, makes your body, this is normal business for it. Right. It doesn't need instructions from, you know, you know the manual. It, it, it knows what to do. In the morning when you get up, you're hungry, you want to break your fast, mm -hmm. you don't need to figure that out. I feel hungry, I want to eat. It's all working very well. Yes. Yeah, so design. Yeah, and uh, we've got some really great scientists who figure things out, and I think it's McClens uh, who figured out in the 50s about what is called the triune brain theory. And the point of it is, is that, and this relates to day trading, and you'll see why, that our uh, brain is basically at three levels. There's the right off the, the 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 brain stem area, right off the top of your spine. There's Where the spine meets the skull. Mm -hmm. There's uh, the lower brain, which is uh, what he calls the reptilian mind. And that one is very basic stuff. You're dealing with um, root emotions, survival-based emotions, such as, uh, and this is where road rage gets fired up. You, you take a normally calm individual, and they can get into a fight uh, and, and just amazingly angry. And it's like, well, how does that happen? Well, because this reptilian part of the brain, it takes over control of the higher functions. The higher functions don't get to work. So it's like, well, I can calm myself. No, no, no. You don't get, you can't. The, the design is. <laughs> this is the way it is. So it's not like you're beat. We'll talk about how you win with that because, again, this relates to day trading and everything else. Um, is then comes the the, the higher brain that above that is the uh, what's called the mammal mind. So it deals with emotions, and this is where a dog can make a distinction between a um, a love poke and a, a hate poke. Whereas the reptilian mind is all survival based. The poke is a poke is a poke. It's not good. It's, it's not good. There's no such thing as a nice poke. It's like mm -mm. where. The emotional aspects, it can understand and interpret and go, oh, I get that, and, you know, can see the, the, the love in the poke. That's, oh, that's being a playful poke. poke. And then comes the cognitive mind, which uh, humans and uh, has the greatest percentage of, of that. And that's where everything conceptual, virtual, like money, is a concept. To a dog, it's just a piece of paper. It right. It's never going to figure out that if I take that paper to the store, they're going to give me dog food. Yeah. It's not going to happen. 
No. And uh, so dogs do have cognitive areas of their mind. However, having said that, mm-hmm. I was visiting a friend of mine today who has a little dachshund. And uh, so he's, I forget the dog's name, but he's a cute, cute little fat dachshund. And he says, uh, oh, do you want a treat? And the dog sort of looked up. And, yep. Okay, well, we've got to speak. And the dog, like, never, but he's not one of these barky dogs. My sister has a dachshund that's bip, 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 the whole time, not him. He's quiet. So he kind of goes, no, no, say hello. Say hello. goes, that was hello, right? You heard hello. Yeah, heard hello. What is this dog? It was amazing. The dogs that do have cognitive skills, like dolphins and cats, and there's, you know, even rats have a little bit of cognitive in them. Crows are supposed to be. Yes, crows are very smart. And so they, they, they figure things out. They, yeah, and monkeys. I mean, there's, so there's a lot of uh, mammals that have cognitive skills. It's just uh, we humans think we've got the largest cognitive skills, and who knows really. But um, uh, the point is, is that the uh, the all actually blood flow, energy, all that gets rooted to the mammalian. I mean, to the uh, reptilian part of your brain instantly. You don't get the vote. So no blood to the other parts of the brain. They basically go to sleep. Yes. So you you're lowering your cognitive skills when you're getting emotionally stressed. Ah, you mm. can see how this ties in. Right. So I'm not making good decisions because I don't have full power to the decision part of my brain. Yeah, and to say nothing, the fact that I might not know what a good decision is anyway. Yeah, it'll be completely skewed by you know lower ability to to think. So the, here's how you can cure road rage for yourself and also make yourself a better uh, day trader. The problem with the thing is you can't change your brain's mechanics. So the only thing you can do is you can change the environment, and this is how it works: is if your brain, this is your bank account in day trading, okay, so forget about cars if you want. So if your bank account looks like it's being threatened and your survival is attached to that, all of a sudden your cognitive skills are diminished. Mm -hmm. So by design, as a driver, if I was um, in a more peaceful space and I realized that I'm going to just drive a little bit differently, give people a little bit more room so I'm less likely to get cut off you know, by a grumpy guy, and and if if I create a frame of driving like I don't care that I lose a little bit of a few seconds here and there, mm-hmm. I'm not anxious, then I'm less likely to have the perception to the reptilian mind of my life being threatened. So if my life isn't being threatened, it doesn't kick in, and it's the higher functions and such that actually make the perception that says, "Oh my God, I need." my survival instincts to kick in. Right. So this ties in with day trading a lot, and we'll do more of this because kind of... Because most of the time you feel like you lose. Right, and it's an automatic. Mm-hmm. So now we're giving you some of the mechanics of how that automatic works. Right. Because there's no time when, or very rarely, will stock go straight up or straight down. It's going to go up and down, up and down, up and down, trending in a certain way. Right, and so then we start getting worried. And we see it go the wrong way. Yeah, so rather than executing a plan called, okay, when it hits this thing, then I'm just going to get out, 
and I don't have conversation, and I don't feel bad if I lost a few dollars because I knew that this was going to happen. So this guy cuts in front of me. That's okay. I'll still get to my destination in time. You know, I left earlier by a couple minutes to allow for people like that that are in such a panic. Now, those people that are in a panic arrive in a panic and are unhappy. They still arrive yeah. at their destination most of the time. Just not pleasantly. Yeah. So you can see how this uh, all, all plays together. So we're going to get back to types of indicators. Um, essentially, what an indicator is, um, again, it's uh, the word dict, as in to speak with authority, is in there. To indicate is to basically to give you a clue as to where things are going. There's no such thing as a perfect indicator. It's not Oh, that's bad Well, much like creating your environment and setting yourself up in a particular style, um, you can use indicators for good probabilities for success. That's what it's there for, is to help you improve your odds. Because you're dealing in an unpredictable environment. So, first of all, you want to be able to look at things and say, you know what, there's not much of a money-making opportunity here. So some days in the market, it doesn't trend well. Those are not good days to be trading. Other days, and they do come in clusters, are great days to trade. Things move strongly in directions, and you can make great money. And you can see that they're moving strongly, so you don't have to, gee, I wonder if. Mm -hmm. It's just like very clear. Oftentimes, the best trade you make is the one you don't make. Yes, that's right. And, and so... We generally, I generally call them junk filters. You need to have junk filters. And you, as a trader, are part of the junk filter equation. So, when and what you're saying is the reptilian brain does a poor job of being a junk filter. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't know. It, doesn't. it just panics. It's fight or flight. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get in the wrong way. Oops. Scream, yell. And then I better double up. Because it's reversed on me, so I can make back my money, and then oops, I'm on the wrong side of it again, and then oops, and oops. I did that once, where I got in the wrong way, reversed it, okay, and, and, and it went the wrong way on me, and then so I got out, then I got in because I thought it was going to continue going down, and then it went the other way. Mm -hmm. So I ended up losing on the way down and losing on the way up. Yes, that really can happen. And again, that's another one of those by designs, is if it's a cyclical or it's an unclear on when to get in or that this is a good thing to ride, all of a sudden you're riding a crazy thing and you're going to get thrown off and, and your butt's going to hurt. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So um, the, the most important thing is, is that we generally believe in uh, going with trends, not cycles. Cycles are basically small trends. Um, so we want to be in a trending market during that day, not a cyclical market mm -hmm. during that day. Yes, which means that like 11 o'clock New York time, the market might be trending. And it generally has a lot of volume first thing in the morning, but the point is, is that at different times of the day, there could be a strong trend, or there could be days where nothing much happens and there's not much of an opportunity to make money. So why should I throw myself in the ring when... There just isn't much to be made. Right. But this is what we do when we don't understand the different styles of investing and the different types of indicators and what they're used for. So if generally there's 
cyclical or there's trending. And mostly what we're going to be teaching people is trending because that's where the biggest profits are. Um, and it's less work, too. Then okay, more money, less work, less time. Easier to spot. Easier to spot. Sounds good to me. Yeah, but a lot of people bet cycles because they want to be right, which is another one of those human ego things that you get. It's like, welcome to Earth. We'll give you a brain, but we're also going to give you the ego. And that's your struggle. And when you master all that, then you'll evolve to wherever you need to evolve. But this is what you get. I think the next evolution is a tree. <laughs> or a dog, because they're happy and peaceful, <laughs> mostly, if they have a nice odor. Um, so the point of it, uh, we wanted to get to was the cyclical versus trending. Uh, there's different kinds of indicators. And basically, almost every indicator is a pure math formula. Some of the things that we've put together is uh, math and logic because we found that that works better. But if you're using just a pure mathematical formula as an indicator, they can work very well for trending and then be terrible for a cyclical and similarly the other way around. Mm, okay. and, and we're not going to explain all this stuff about math and all that, but here's the most simple indicator that people use a lot is the moving average. Okay. And you're probably familiar with that, if you mm -hmm. want to explain that one. Moving average? Yeah. Uh, well, I believe the moving average, for example, would be we're going to take the price of the stock for the last month, and then tomorrow we're going to drop off one month plus one day's price so that the averages of the 20 days of trading, so it'll be today it's these 20 days, tomorrow it's tomorrow minus 21 days ago, and that's how that's how the average is. Exactly. So there's always 20 days uh, as an average. So it's totaled up what the price is, divided by 20, and that's how you get a simple 20-day 20, 20 moving, moving average. So that kind of tells you if it's going down or if it's going up. Yeah, and that's why the word moving is in there is because every day it moves forward, you know, with one price and drops off the oldest price. Yeah. So, and then there's different versions of that. There's the exponential, uh, linear weight, and there's a few others. But, and they all have their purposes and values, and, and they're useful for things. They they do give you good clues. But a lot of them are, again, there's two kinds of indicators. One's uh, lagging, and another one's called leading. Lagging indicators always about what happened, and it helps you to guess what's going to happen in the future. Because you assume what happened in the past is going to repeat in the future. Yeah, and it's a good, it's like used as a baseline to say, hey, well, you know, the price has been hovering around here for the last 20 days, and it is actually helpful. And so when it changes gears and it moves above the average and then moves then below the average, that gives you a clue. It's not a all-in-one. It's not 100%. Never is. And so there's a lot of people with systems that are built on that, and there's people that have lost money and they don't know why. And that's because um, they don't realize that they're using a lagging cyclical tool and they're in a trending market or that kind of thing. So this, we'll give you more details as we go along about these things, but it's, 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 it's kind of a complicated thing. So we just want to give you the overview and then we'll go deeper and deeper in, into these things into the future. So do we use moving averages in the day trading? Uh, yes. Uh, we use an exponential moving average, which means that the latest price has more 
importance. Importance, yes. And we use that as a guide to see whether things are reversed on us. Okay. And uh, we've we've tinkered with, oh man, for many years, uh, different kinds of moving averages. <laughs> I spent a lot of days and nights working on things. And I know I'm not the only guy that's done that. Um, the, I think one of the distinctions is, is that I'm really relentless on something that's got to work. It's got to be repeatable. And that's where you, uh, there's some great books. Um, I think the better books always tell you, you want something that's robust and works on all kinds of platforms and systems and wherever. So you can take these same indicators and, and principles that we're teaching and apply it to Forex or commodities or any stock market you want. So it comes to the point, somebody can draw a wiggly line at random on a board or piece of paper, and we can show you where the entry and exit prices would be for that and why you would have gotten in here and out there. And this works very well for uh, fundamental traders as well. Uh, the technical is, is brilliant, and that's where Bollinger, I think, was the one that came up with uh, rational trading, where he blended fundamental with technical. And that's beautiful when you're doing long-term investing because it tells you to get out. See, when 3Com was diving, you know, that wasn't a good thing. And recently somebody asked me, well, what do you think about this particular stock? And I said, well, uh, it doesn't seem to have any future. <laughs> and I would have gotten out over here. And, you know, the, you know, say, well, you know, you're just looking at the chart and you're guessing. No, no, here's why I'd get out of here. Now, you apply that to six other charts, and then you're a better trader. You're a better right. investor because right. of that. And that's the point of what we're teaching you is, is you can take these rules and stick it on any stock market, any market of any kind, and you say, yeah, okay, well, I'm in the bond market, so I should get out here. And get, Yeah, that's right. So it's very repeatable, and it has to be. Otherwise, it's just gambling and guessing. Exactly. I'm not interested in that. Unless we, uh, we've marked the cards and we know what the marks mean. Yeah. So one of the most important features of what we give you uh, with the Day Trader College is uh, a tool for replay. I think we mentioned that briefly last time. Yeah. And we've got it up here today. Yeah. So today's been more of an audio thing for people. But the, the, the point of it is, is that when you're taking these principles that we teach you and you can prove it out uh, by playing the any particular day in the stock market, and it's, you can see where you would have made money, you would have stayed in or stayed out. Um, that's really good because you can practice it and prove it to yourself before you put real money in the markets. That's right. So, for example, the screen we've got up here, there's this trend line, although it's kind of mm -hmm. been going sideways for a while. But there's no entry signal. And there's no entry signal. Right. And also, we're above the trend line here, but, oh, now we're below so if you did decide because of the reptilian mind to get in here and you brought it up and you were in around here, you'd be getting out because you're on the wrong side of the trend. Absolutely. And uh, the EMA line would have told you to get out as well. What does EMA stand for? Uh, right, exponential moving average. This is the moving average that we've been talking about. That's right. Okay. So, so why would it have told me to get out? Like, let's just pretend that I just, for whatever reason, misread because... You know, here's then this is get in on a put here, but there's no get in on a green thing here. Yeah, so you, but you let's could. Let's say that I did. Yep. 
So why would, and then I, then you taught me about the moving average. Yep. So now I look at this, why would I, where would I get out and why? On this sixth bar or candle, one, we'll, we'll two, explain three, the difference. One, two, three, four, five, six, this one? Yeah, you'd still be in it because it's looking promising. It's still on the right side of the way things are moving. And the moving average. Right, so the EMA, like the herd of elephants, we're following the herd. Yeah. The EMA so follows it. Up. So it's a lagging indicator. Yeah. So when the herd turns around... Which it did on the next one, and below... Right, that's yeah. what we use the EMA to say... Time to get out. Time to get out because it's turned the wrong direction by enough. Because the thing is, if you don't have a line in the sand, some number, then you'll be the one that's drifting and drifting and, well, you know, it'll come back and come back. And and there's people that still hold, you know, some stocks from, you know, the dot bomb era. Right. Because it's, ah, you know, it was worth a hundred. Ten years ago. Yeah. Give it a couple more, and it, yeah. it'll come back. They don't want to take the pain of the loss. Well, if you would have taken the, the small scratch, you would have saved yourself, you know, losing your arm on that one. Yeah. Well, one of the best forex traders I've ever talked to, told, I asked him, I said, well, how many wins, how many loses? He says, oh, in 100, I have about 80 losses. But they're itty bitty, teeny weeny losses. And the 20% that win... Some are, you know, little wins, but most of them are massive wins. So I lose a little bit on 80%, but I make way more on the 20%. I just don't know which is which, right? Mm-hmm. 80% that don't win. Yes, and this is why the EMA and the trend line are in there is for both reasons. One is that there's a saying that's a, an old adage that's pretty good. Is it says, uh, cut your profits short and let, I mean, sorry, cut your losses short mm-hmm. and let your profits run. But when do you get out? You know, it's, oh, it's going to keep going, and, you know, and then it turns, well, it'll come back. And, you know, all that emotional uh, belief comes in, and it has nothing to do with the facts. Yeah. So get out when it tells you to get out, and get in when it tells you to get in. Yeah. So the fact is that on the tug-of-war game, that if, if the other team is pulling hard, that's what's happening. We don't, you know, they're winning. And as, as you can see, you know, red is going down and green is going up. There's always back and forth action that's occurring. Mm-hmm. So the most important thing that you can do as a beginner is work with uh, some tools, whatever you choose, that gets you a chance to practice. And uh, later on, you're going to see some charts, but you don't want to be putting money on the table yet. Once you're good and you've made money, in the paper environment for long enough, then you should be looking at um, putting real money on the table somewhere. And I think that's pretty much all we want to talk about today. I know we didn't look at any charts today. Uh, We're going to do a lot more. If you don't already have access to the replay uh, tool, send us an email and uh, we'll get you an account for that, that you can play with it for 30 days. Uh, What is the email? And... uh, the email is daytradercollege at gmail.com. And uh, we'll do that anywhere up until uh, the end of December. 2010. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this podcast and it's after that, <laughs> just send us an email. <laughs> we'll see what we can we'll do catch for you. Up. We'll catch you up with whatever we're up to at that point. Yeah. Thank you. Good night, everyone.